0: WUB News, you're listening to The Outlet, where campus meets community. I'm Grace Warner. And I'm Abby Grise. Each week on The Outlet, we bring you stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities. This week, we're focusing on the LGBTQ community. It's National Coming Out Day, and some special guests have produced some really incredible stories for us.
1: WOUB and the Women's Gender and Sexuality Studies Department collaborated this semester to create LGBT Media Action, a class focused on using journalism to tell stories about the LGBTQ community. Dr. Lauren Marsan teaches the class, and for the special edition of the outlet, students from that class produce stories that focus on
0: coming out or being out. So what is National Coming Out Day? Well, it actually started 28 years ago. In 1987, on October 11th, there was a march on Washington for lesbian and gay rights. And
1: every year since then, on October 11th, National Coming Out Day has been observed. According to the Human Rights Campaign, the day promotes a safe world for LGBTQ individuals
0: to live truthfully and openly. Today, we feature stories about being gay in rural areas, being gay in Greek life, identifying as non-binary and international students in the LGBTQ community.
1: We also have an exclusive interview with those reporters to talk about the class and what producing these types of stories was like. All that is coming up right here on The
0: Outlet. An LGBT person thinks about many things before they come out, and the type of area where they can live can be one of them. Living in a rural area versus an urban area can affect how accepted someone is when they choose to publicize their true identity. Michaela Ashburn and Nicole Shongwei take a look at what it's like to come out right here in
2: Athens.
3: Okay, let's walk over to the garden. <laughs>
2: It's a sunny fall day as we walk around Dr. Kappa and farm just outside of Athens. We joined her for a morning on the farm. On any given day, she can be found cleaning out the barn, picking vegetables from her garden, or feeding her chickens and sheep. It acts as a sanctuary from the hustle and bustle of campus life. But...
3: When we first moved in, I probably got some some verbal abuse uh, from one of the local people. It came from a friend of her neighbor. He Oh, you mullet headed lesbo. And those words hurt. You know, it was like surprising to me because it hadn't happened to me for, I don't know,
2: years and years and years since I was in my 20s, right? So it was like, whoa, you know? That doesn't mean that Dr. Euler is able to escape from the challenges of being open about her sexuality in a rural area. Both the city of Athens and Athens County are considered to be rural, meaning that less than 50,000 people live in the area. Following the 2010 census, the Williams Institute at UCLA released data gathered that said that there were 108 LGBT couples living in Athens County. The census is taken every 10 years, which means it's hard to get an accurate gauge of how many LGBT couples are living in the county at any given time. Another problem with the census data is that it only accounts for LGBT people in relationships,
3: I think people feel pretty isolated, actually, in terms of community. I think I think a lot of the young people growing up here, around here still feel like they're the only one, frankly.
2: Back on campus, we met with Adam Edwards, who is 20, and he has lived in Athens his entire life. He feels his experience was a positive one. During his freshman year of high school, Adam decided to tell his mom something that he had been keeping from her for a while.
4: I was like, I woke up, I'm like, I'm like come out of the closet to my mom, you know her and I ended up going to go on a walk up town and I was like mom you know what I'm gay and she looks at me and like I've known since you were so little you know and like just like I could tell like the love that she had for me mm-hmm. never changed and like that's why I was so open to telling other people so my mom made it so remar- like remarkable mm-hmm. of when I came out it was like wait if my mom doesn't care then who, why would I care if anyone else cares you know mm-hmm.
2: Adam credits the acceptance of his sexuality to the liberal hippie culture that is found in the city of Athens, but...
4: I'm a six foot four, big, blue-haired, gay person, you know. They're going to be able to tell that I'm gay. But, like, other than that, you know, like, the occasional faggot or, you know, something like that, I just honestly learned to, like, overcome that word.
2: Adam and Dr. Yuler both have found that personal attacks on one's sexuality and gender can be hard to handle having a support system can be one way lgbt people deal with those personal attacks
4: i feel like there's a lot of actually open groups you know i've seen more and more like facebook groups or, that's evolving around not just even really athens but like the surrounding areas like zanesville like mm-hmm. they're like lgbt lgbt community there has opened up a lot and i feel like even like through facebook in general people have came to understand that, you know, like, you know, it's still a hard thing to do.
2: As hard as it can be to come out, it can be even more difficult to confront people who attack your sexuality. The next time that Dr. Euler saw the person who had said such hurtful things to her, she used it as a teaching moment.
3: You're using that as hate speech. That's just not okay. Oh, no, aren't you proud of who you are? I said, I'm proud of who I am, but you were using it as hate speech. That is not acceptable. And I I think when you get that kind of... You know, anybody who gets that kind of verbal crap coming at them for any reason, um, whether it's around sexuality or class or race or, uh, you know, whatever it's around, or gender, um, I I think it's important to sort of say something back because it's more empowering instead of just taking it, you know, and, like, being a victim. It's like, no, you know, you kind of have to say something back to people, and it helps... It helps you feel better, but it maybe helps raise their consciousness a little bit, too. I don't know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) As we have seen from Dr. Yoler's and Adam's stories, no two experiences are the same, even in the same zip code. Coming out in your role community poses its own sets of challenges, but by working together, we can provide a safer and more inclusive environment in our communities. For The Outlet, I'm Michaela Ashburn.
1: society focuses a brighter spotlight on the LGBTQ community, those challenging traditional gender norms often find themselves left in the shadows, having to not only justify their identity, but also educate the people around them. Brittany Irwin and Julia Cook spoke with two of those people living in this in-between
5: space. It's a typical Friday night in Athens. Sophomore Brayden McLean is hanging out with friends at a party. Dressed in a sweater and jeans, at first glance, some may assume Brayden is a stereotypical college guy. But what you wouldn't know by just looking at Brayden on this night is that they go by they-them pronouns, because they identify as non-binary.
6: I grew up in a very bubbled and conservative household. It's the idea of someone like existing outside the binary that didn't exist as a concept to me until I was probably 17 or 18 years old. But, yeah, so I just grew up knowing that I was a very, like, effeminate and flamboyant boy. I didn't know that there was something else. I didn't know that there was an in-between or an outside of at all. Yeah, I don't know. I think it just took a lot of realizing and a lot of self-evaluation to be okay with the idea of existing In not a boy or girl way
5: so what exactly is non-binary well generally it applies to people who don't feel like they fit in with one specific gender and for folks who do identify as non-binary the term has very personal meaning I usually dress how I feel Um, that's the only irritating part about being non-binary is when you go out let's say two consecutive nights and You know, the first night you're feeling really nice and pretty and you put on makeup and you put on a really nice dress. And then the next night you're like, you know, it's kind of colder. I feel like I'm going to go masculine. And you put on a nice dress shirt, tie. You might do a little bit of subtle makeup. And then people are like, wait, weren't you wearing a dress yesterday? That was Margo, another sophomore at Ohio University. Her definition of non-binary means that she not only changes the way she dresses, but also her pronouns. While most people don't ever have to struggle with their gender identity, the feeling of not fitting in is something we're all familiar with.
6: We've all doubted some aspect of us, whether it be talent or intelligence or whether people like you or whatever. We've all doubted ourselves in some sort or way. So yeah, it's totally valid for you to doubt yourself or be confused with how you identify, or who you're attracted to, or who you love.
5: For both Margot and Brayden, their gender identity is very personal. They don't feel the need to come out to everyone they know. It's more important for them to be comfortable with who they are and be surrounded by people who understand and accept them. Back at the party, you can tell that these friends have found a place where everyone can be themselves.
6: For the outlet,
5: this is Brittany Irwin.
0: Finding the right support system is often the most crucial aspect of a person's coming out experience, especially for young adults. Mallory Golski and Elise Peck have a story on how one Greek organization at Ohio University is providing this safe space for members of the
7: LGBT community and other minority groups. Colton Feathers stepped onto the bricks of Ohio University with his alto saxophone and a desire to find his niche on campus. At home, Colton was known as the guy who was always playing music, but as a member of the LGBT community, there was so much more to him than his friends or family knew.
8: When I came to college, I was out to one person, and it was like my best friend from back home, and I honestly, I never even said it out loud until I came to college. Like, I wrote it down to tell my best friend from back home.
7: Throughout his first semester, Colton found a close group of friends within the Marching 110 who knew him by his personality, not by his sexuality. When the marching season ended, Colton began looking for other ways to get involved on campus. An email about the Phi Sigma Pi Honor fraternity piqued his interest, but Colton wasn't sure if Greek life would offer him the same welcoming environment that he experienced in the marching band.
8: I probably did have those notions of, like, the frat bro and... Sperry's and Salmon Shorts drinking Natty Light, that kind of thing. But I just thought to myself, I was like, you, n- you never know.
7: Phi Sigma Pi is nationally known as a gender-inclusive fraternity, but Reed Troxell, a senior member of the organization and a member of the LGBT community, also had similar reservations. After joining Phi Sigma Pi, Reed started to realize that maybe simply referring to the organization as gender-inclusive <laughs> wasn't enough to make minority groups feel welcomed. I don't
6: see a lot of LGBT people rushing. Like I don't see a lot of LGBT people like, coming to try to get into a fratern- like, our fraternity.
7: So Reed and his friend Camille set out to create the Vice President of Diversity and Inclusion, a new leadership role within the fraternity whose main job was to educate Phi Sigma Pi brothers on all aspects of diversity.
6: It's just something that we saw that we could use um, specifically with racial diversity within our organization. Um, there were several uh, people of color in our organization And we brought up this idea and they said we would really like this. This is a very good idea. This would make us feel more comfortable.
7: The vice president of diversity and inclusion plans events like foreign film nights and safe zone training so members can learn from their brothers who face everyday challenges because of their race, nationality, or sexuality. By ensuring that all members develop a mutual respect for each other, Reed and future VPs create a more welcoming environment for prospective brothers.
8: Just to have a position that is dedicated to including people and having that diversity just like speaks volumes to those who aren't in it and are looking for things to join it's like well they have this position that is dedicated to this cause alone so they obviously are an accepting group.
7: Ohio University's chapter of Phi Sigma Pi is the only one out of the 137 chapters across the country with a vice president of diversity and inclusion. Although the position has only been around for two years, it has already given countless members the resources they need to feel comfortable both on and off campus. For Colton, this safe space provided him with confidence to finally come out to his friends and family at home.
8: I didn't have a lot of confidence when I first came here because like I said, my the, I only was out to one person and when I came out to my him, he uh, didn't take it as well as I would have liked. So. I didn't have a lot of confidence for a while leading up to it, and then coming to college it kind of erased that because telling people that were much more accepting made it easier.
7: A person's home should be a place where they feel most comfortable and accepted just for being themselves. Because of their willingness to educate and accept everyone, regardless of their gender, racial or sexual identities, organizations like Phi Sigma Pi can provide exactly what students need to find that safe space wherever they call home. For the outlet, I'm Mallory Golski.
1: Although National Coming Out Day is an opportunity for people to expose their true identities, it's important to remember that there are reasons why some choose not to come out publicly. Mayen Yap talks about why some LGBTQ-identifying international students decided to keep their identities private.
9: With over 1,500 international students enrolled during fall 2015 in the Athens campus alone, Ohio University is filled with a strong, diverse community. Students within the LGBTQ community are often encouraged to embrace this diversity by coming out about their identities while celebrating their nationalities. But sometimes, not everyone is able to come out of the closet. According to the Human Rights Campaign, 72 countries have laws against homosexuality on the book. In 10 of those countries, being a sexual minority is punishable by death. Bobby Walker is a senior here at OU, and is from the South American country of Guyana, one of those 72 countries where homosexuality is illegal.
7: That I've had like significant like homophobic experiences in my life, where like men that I've been intimate with, who found out that I have been intimate with women, say things like, they're going to um, basically, like, have sex with me until I'm straight. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to, like, it's, like, f- the gay out of you and, or f- the
2: lesbian out of you.
9: According to the Pew Research Centre, countries with laws against the LGBTQ community are generally less tolerant of sexual minorities. And it is for this reason that Bobby hasn't come out publicly back home.
7: There's just, like, contradicting ideas about the LGBTQ community, Um, on the one hand people are, you know, believe that these people should have rights and on the other, if it's too close to them, if it's too personal then they don't want to be your friend.
9: But just because a country doesn't have laws against the LGBTQ community, it doesn't make it any safer for people to be open about their sexual identities. Because um, in my home country that um, the LGBTQ issue is um, don't ask, don't talk, so you will never find it in academic setting. Like even though um, maybe your peer, I mean classmates or some of the teachers who are close to you may recognize you might be one of the LGBTQ members, but um, just like those issues won't be brought onto the table publicly. That was Alex, a graduate student at Ohio University. We are using a pseudonym to protect her identity because she doesn't feel safe coming out, even though she's thousands of miles away from home. On this National Coming Out Day, it is important to remember that people are all on different journeys when it comes to dealing with their sexual and gender identities. For The Outlet, this is Mei Yan Yap.
0: Now that you've heard all the stories, we wanted to give you the chance to hear from the reporters behind them. Abby sat down with the students of the LGBT Media Action. We're going to start by having everyone go around and say their names.
2: Hi, I'm Michaela.
9: I'm Julia. I'm Brittany. My name is May.
1: I'm Nakuli. Okay, so first of all, can one of you tell me basically? what this class was about. What did you guys do? What was it like?
7: Basically, the class is a um, media production class, but focused on LGBT issues in the media, because they're not covered as often in mainstream media. So we're all choosing um, stories and topics that um, we think need to be reported, and we're working on those. Okay, so, you know,
1: how did you guys pick? Like, what what were some things that you felt like needed to be a topic of discussion?
5: Um, a lot of the topics I pick are um, topics that I see other people struggling with or um, topics that are important to me or topics that are important to the people close to me. And then um, I just gather information about those and like how those affect like real people.
1: And did reporting on these stories um,
7: really open your eyes to anything? Um, I think it made me more aware of like the oppressions that uh some people in the LGBT community face like on a daily basis they're very different but they're also very similar, so it just it just brings a lot of awareness mm-hmm.
1: yeah mm-hmm. and what do you think is the importance of national coming out day
2: um, I think it's important because it kind of highlights that this is a big step in someone who identifies LGBT lives. And um, it can also act as like a support system for people who are debating coming out. Um, It's kind of like, you know, you have this entire support group of people all over the world who are doing this thing that like on the same day that you are, if if you choose to utilize national coming out day.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, okay so May I know you did a story about um, Mm -hmm. international students being gay and one of them actually didn't want to use their identity so what was that like dealing with such sort of like a touchy subject
9: like I could relate to them in a sense that there's some things that you don't want other people to know and I don't know I just think Well, it was kind of, I'm not used to, like as a journalism major, I'm not used to reporting on people and they use alias and pseudonyms. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you really have to respect the individual's wishes. If they want to be, if they want to keep their identity secret, you have to respect that because like, it's their life and I don't want to put anyone in danger in a sense. Right, right. So, yeah.
1: And then Michaela, you guys actually got to go to a farm to talk to your subject. Um, What was that like?
2: Um, It was super interesting because being on a college campus, um, the extent of animals that we normally get to see are dogs. So um, getting to see animals that weren't dogs was really awesome. (laughs) Plus the fact that it was right outside of Athens, like the farm is closer than it is to get to the plains. Wow. So it's really was really incredible to see just the contrast of like a half mile can be. I don't know if Nicole had any other comments on that.
7: I think it was just so like um, it was interesting and fun and Dr. Euler is so inviting like she took us all around her whole farm like we saw the sheep and the chicken and the history be- behind the chicken mm-hmm. and like her little tobacco garden and then her bigger garden and she was just very like open to telling us a story so that was pretty cool
2: mm-hmm.
1: and Julia and Brittany were you guys familiar with the idea of being non-binary before you did this story or did you kind of become more familiar with it how did that work for you guys?
5: Um, yeah, so I identify as non-binary, and um, a lot of my friends do as well. And um, that's just something that, like, I, nobody ever talks about it. And I felt like that was important to get that out there and to let people know that that was a thing.
7: Yeah, definitely. Non-binary was a term that I knew what it was, and then I never really met anyone who di- identified, adi- identified as non-binary until I came to college. But it's it was just interesting learning they, like... It's not the same as coming out as like gay or lesbian. It's just part of their identity and it's not a huge coming out deal, but it was really still interesting to get the information out there and really important to like talk about it, recognize it and make like make sure people know it's a real thing, real valid, yeah.
1: Right. And I think I thought it was really interesting that that sort of definition is really based on the person. It's not the same for everyone. So I thought you guys did a great job in covering that. Um, I just want to thank you guys for producing these stories. I'm so excited for this episode, and I hope everyone else enjoys them as much as I did. That's it for our show this week. Thanks for joining us, and thanks so much to Dr. Marsan and the students of LGBT Media Action.
0: The outlet is co-produced and co-hosted each week by me, Grace Warner, and Abby Grise. We're edited by Atish Badia, Susan Tevin, and Allison Hunter. Adam Rich is our technical assistant, and our theme music is performed by Ryan Gabos. Subscribe to the outlet on SoundCloud and
1: iTunes, or find us online at woub.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at outlet underscore woub. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Athens and Ohio University communities. Thanks for listening.